That's why I had those thoughts. I knew it wasn't my voice in my head. <laughs> yes? Okay. Welches? show the other day and they had some of those Welch's glasses. They were, they were more modern. They're from the nineties, but they were peanuts and they still have the oh. jelly in them. Oh, and I'm like, I don't know how to feel about it. I'm like, it's got food in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I bought it, what would I do with it? Would I leave the food in it, leave it closed? Would I open it and try to eat the food? Yeah, would right. I open it, empty the food out and clean it? Cause jelly is like a preserve, but it's not sealed with it wax, is. but it is sealed. With, I don't know. Like would it last? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Glass. As long as there's no mold. I think I'd be tempted to try it <laughs> at least a little bit. I know. You're right. right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, could, yeah. A, a taste couldn't kill you, could it? <laughs> I don't. But doctor, Will said it'd be fine. <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you, sir, but you're dying. <laughs> no. You didn't have peanuts, uh, peanuts branded <laughs> jar of jelly, did you? From the 90s. <laughs> it didn't go bad, but it was actually poisoned at the factory. So. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't go What a stroke of bad luck. It was just a disgruntled employee, that bad. Just coincidentally. On that one jar that never got open. He's thinking, oh, I thought I was going to be as famous as the Tylenol guys. Yeah. Anybody going to ever eat these huh? things? Why'd they have to be so damn collectible? <laughs> damn you, Charles Schultz and your del- your beloved characters. Hey, welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence today. My name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Kat and John. John. We're co-hats again. I Yay! think it's got to be because I'm about to say cat. I think Maybe. so. My it's bro- sneaking in there. That works? Yeah. Anyway, hey, Cat and John, oh, yeah. how are you guys doing? I, great. Hi, everyone. How are you, Will? I'm good. Now, you know, you may not realize, yeah. but you know, we just did uh, SFGE uh, last week. Um, we did our live panel. I didn't use a script for that part. Now, right now I'm looking at it and still saying it wrong, but I still <laughs> have it. I don't really look at it, but I have it here just in case. Makes me feel better. <laughs> Uh, and it reminds me things like saying this, in addition to his co-hosting duties, John hosts his mm-hmm. own podcast, Jenks, Jenks Grown Up. Jenks, Gen X Grown Up. Gen X Grown Up. It's going so great. I slipped through the cracks. Yes. Thank you, Will. Hey, on today's show, we're going to be discussing a dozen or so uh, of the toys uh, from our youths that are being adapted into feature films. <laughs> Which is crazy. And, and while this, it, it may make some sense in light of the overwhelming success of the Barbie film that's out right now, what mm-hmm. makes little sense is the particular toys they've chosen to put on the screen. <laughs> I mean, some of them are just bonkers. And what and what they're doing with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just crazy. It's like, yep. what do we got? Tiddlywinks? Yep. Crime drama. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get that? How, where, where, how do those align? Rubik's snake? Yes. Make it 300 feet and it eats people. <laughs> but you have to solve it to destroy it. <laughs> You're rolling up in that little ball to win. Yes. <laughs> I I have that down. That was my favorite one. That mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. I figure we'll talk about the toys, whether I we had them or not, well. whether we liked them or not. What seems to be proposed? Mm-hmm. What little information we have with regard to what uh, they're going to be done done in the box office? And I'm imagining that on at least a one or two of these, John will have a better pitch because he deserves mm-hmm. to be in that writer room. Put mm-hmm. me in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna make it happen. Here you go. Can't wait to hear. Hey, before that, though, we're going to be reviewing a few current news items related to 1980s media, including Beverly Hills Cop was not a comedy. 
Well, at least the way it was written. <laughs> Alf is back. Oh. So is Madonna. Mm-hmm. He man, ah. however, is dead. Oh. Stuff like that. <laughs> now, you know, and just uh, before we get to that, though, a brief announcement. And, you know, I just re- I realized I hadn't told you guys this before because I was going to tell you before. I'm thinking there's not going to be a show next week. Oh. Maybe there is, but I'm having okay. a procedure done on Tuesday. <gasps> That's right. You are. Yeah. Theoretically, yeah. I might be okay, but mm-hmm. that means I'll have to have had the show ready before then. Mm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll just say this. Uh-huh. Hey, no show next week, or maybe there is. That's the announcement. <gasps> mm. There you go. You'll find out on Monday. Yes, isn't it exciting for you, dear listener? <laughs> Tune in to find Will out. Will we be back exciting. like Alf and Madonna or suffer some fateful demise such like a uh, email? Uh, oh, no. Or Artemis the cat. <laughs> it was fighting to get back, apparently. Anyway, there you go. I don't know. Either I'll be fine or I won't. Uh, if okay. it goes the way of we my vasectomy, it'll be months before I'm normal again. Oh dear. Uh, but I, look, oh, that was my own choice. Story? What's that? Are you going to share the story? You know the story. <laughs> I do. But I don't think John uh, knows the story. John Polly doesn't know the story <laughs> because it probably by the time I, I had enough distance to, you know, if I had no, if I had been friends with John at the time, I'd be like, you got to hear this. I don't even remember all the details, Oh yeah. but I will just right. see this much. Right. Mm-hmm. It's my own fault. Cause I chose to be awake uh-huh. during it. I see. I'll leave it at that. I, I wouldn't make that mistake. I nearly pass out when they take blood. Yeah. So yeah. I, w- I would oh, definitely yeah. be put under. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh, yes. Same. And they never believe me. And they're like, it'll be fine. I'm like, no, really? Yeah. I'm very squeamish about this. It'll be fine. And then when mm-hmm. all the blood is flushed from my face and I can't oh. see straight and the walls are closing in, yeah. they go, let me get you some juice. <laughs> like I told you. Too late. <laughs> Where did this man get 30 year old grape jelly? <laughs> That'll wake him up. <laughs> oh, he needs it. He needs it to wake him up. It's the opposite now. <laughs> it's, it's like his spinach. <laughs> Some rogue employee at Welch just put medicine in them. He did the opposite. <laughs> it's just hero employee saves life. Well, you'd buy more jelly if it had painkiller in it. I guarantee to you. <laughs> Kids would be great. Yeah. Oh, this sandwich is awesome. Oh, can I have another and another? And oh, another? I, I can smell colors. This is great. <laughs> I could sum up my vasectomy and the problems that followed. And I'm fine now, ladies. I'm fine now. If you're wondering, I'm fine. I'm better. I'm better. You're, you're just letting the ladies know. Yes. That. In case you're worried. <laughs> Well, in some sense, I'm more potent. In another sense, I'm not potent at all. I think, d- depending upon how the story goes, guys might be more interested in knowing that it turned out okay. That's I'm true. That's what I'm thinking. I do. I, yes. I just picture. I just picture a lot of wincing. Mm. Oh gosh, John. Oh. No, he was awake. Mm-hmm. Oh. This this is a true part of the story. So I won't tell you the whole thing, but this is a true part of the story. Okay. Oh, look at the him. The doctor was clearly frustrated time. with the fact that I had chosen to be awake. You know. Because uh, had I been asleep, it'd be a lot easier for him him, because a human wouldn't be, you know. Mm. Uh, Well, okay, I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up this way. This is his bedside (laughs) manner. And I am, I'm not exaggerating for comedic effect. Literally. (laughs) He has Mm -hmm. my stuff in his hand Mm -hmm. and he's yanking it as hard as he can and is saying, relax, relax your testicles. (laughs) Relax your testicles. (laughs) He was operating me, John, no kidding. (laughs) 
like I was a pinball machine and he had just gotten a bonus ball. And he was raring to go. Come on. Come on. I don't even know what muscles to address to relax my testicles. How would you approach that? I think it's mostly a psychological game. Uh, As proven by the shouting, you know, the sort of... All right, I'm going to try. Nope, more tense. Okay, I tried. I mean, literally, I was like this. You're not helping! (laughs) Light a candle or something! Oh. Oh. Give him some jelly. Put jelly on it! Then it'll come the pit. (laughs) Tip it in the jelly I brought! Is any of this going in? Yes, all of it. Oh, oh. it's almost like we have a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a surprise guest? We'll be right back with President Barack Obama. (laughs) Oh, there he is. Nice. All right, hey, meanwhile, let's get caught up on 1980s news. While I'm the peak of health, in the peak of health. Mm. Hey, this week in 1980s news, and as reported by Entertainment Weekly, ALF is back. Everyone's mm. favorite centuries-old wisecracking alien life form has charted a flying saucer from the 80s to today. That's Entertainment wow. Weekly's words, not mine. Uh, mm. And this all mm. is a thanks to, thanks to, or... <laughs> In spite, what's the word, what's the opposite of thanking somebody for something? <laughs> right. In spite of who is good. culpable? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> whose fault is to, it? Or we, huh. uh, Ryan Reynolds is Maximum Effort Company. Okay. Uh-huh. Because uh, he's bringing the oddball NBC sitcom, or he has brought it back to his Maximum Effort channel as of the end of July. Uh, mm-hmm. It's there now, and he's doing something else too to create some new content uh, with the puppet and its creator Paul Fusco. Uh, Mm -hmm. so instead of creating full length episodes, what they're doing is featuring essentially branded ALF segments, like moments. They're just a couple minutes long and they're going to be the commercial breaks during the ALF show. So Ah. between, you know, you cut to another, uh, yeah. Like a time for timer, kind of like Mm -hmm. cheese and cracker, make a wagon wheel, right? Those kind of like Saturday morning cartoon cut in interstitial deals. Is that what you're saying? If there were PSAs, but what they're doing is someone's paying him. So for example- (laughs) Their content. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Mint Mobile, which is also a Reynolds company, is one of the the, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sponsors. Fubo is another sponsor. Uh, Some company called Mountain is another sponsor. What they they look like is a segment out of the sitcom, except for, you know, none of the uh, original actors, except for- Alf, who once again mm-hmm. is, is vo- uh, voiced by his creator, and a, a new mm-hmm. actor there. But they're, an, you know, it could be a sitcom set, a living room there on a couch, and making small talk about the product. And it's funny, they even oh. have to add a little laugh track, and uh-huh. that's uh-huh. really how he's brought Al- Alpha back to life. Huh. It raises two key questions <laughs> yep. for me. If this is a good time, I can ask you my two key questions. Yep. <laughs> key question number one is, what the heck is the Maximum Effort Channel? Who carries that? Mm-hmm. How do you find that? I right, d- right. don't know where to, f- yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, something on my dial yeah. that I know how to yeah. find. Yeah. Is it web only? Well, is it a streaming thing? I don't I know. I could answer it. Um, it's, a, it's available. I can name a food. It's FUBU is one of them. Amazon Freebie, Plex. Okay. Uh, and another of okay. a, a, a number of other services, like you said, that I, I've never heard of. Okay. Or used, All right. But yeah. So it is a streaming sort of channel like those. Okay. All right. Okay. Are those all streaming? Yeah, I guess question. so. Yeah, you're right. Internet based. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I believe so. And my follow up question is, 
What about the finale of ALF? Oh, it's interesting that you bring that up. Because Mm -hmm. ALF was ended Mm -hmm. on a heartbreaking cliffhanger that Mm -hmm. wasn't supposed to be a cliffhanger. Well, it's supposed to be a cliffhanger, but it was supposed to be resolved the next season. Right. And then Uh. they, they, you know, somebody did the old vaudeville cane and pulled ALF off the stage and went, nope, we're not doing (laughs) any more of that. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) So are these supposed to be during the initial run or these throwbacks to the eighties? Are are these prequels to ALF or is this, is there, did they resolve it? Did he kill the guys and eat them? Well, who knows? Like that's my, (laughs) that's my main curiosity. Because anytime you continue, Al, people talked about that. You got to figure out what to do about the old ending. Right. Well, yeah, yep, yep. something was done about yep. the old ending back in the 90s. Uh, what John's alluding to is the show was it? The show ran from 86 to 90, ends in a cliffhanger uh-huh. where finally the government agency that's been hunting him, the one that yeah. uh, this family they mm-hmm. lived with has been hiding him from, they finally capture him at the end of the episode. They're expecting to get another, another season. There's change of management mm-hmm. over at NBC. And instead mm-hmm. they're canceled and f- the Fresh Prince gets uh, Alf's time slot. Uh, yep. According to Paul Fusco, gotcha. after this happened, NBC regretted it. They wished instead, some some executives wished instead they had kept Alf running for two more seasons instead of the wildly successful Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which ran for, I don't know, six <laughs> years. Not likely. Like that. Right. Hmm. But in 1996, they did a TV movie that continued the story of after him really? getting captured. Yeah, hmm. It didn't uh. have Max Wright or any of the originals in it that, you know, in later years would come to tell us that they hated being on the show. Uh, that the, mm-hmm. the working mm. conditions were terrible. They didn't like playing second fiddle to a puppet and so a on puppet. and so forth. So it only featured <laughs> Alf, uh, who was voiced by Paul Fusco and sort of explained what happened mm. after he was captured. So those people know what they signed up for. They knew they were playing second fiddle to a puppet, you know? <laughs> yeah. They knew it. Yeah. I remember we yeah. had, uh, you know, we had one of the writers from uh, Alf. Well, he wrote on, a, he wrote Misfits of Science and he wrote, he wrote okay, a couple yeah, of episodes yeah. of Alf uh, and, uh, um, Don, Don Todd is his name. And he was saying, you know, folks were in danger of fall. <laughs> folks were in danger of falling into a, like a six foot drop, you know, in a hole right, in the there stage. Was that pit, the, right. The puppeteer pit. Yeah. Right. The I Muppet mean, show has that same issue for guests. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was yes. that and a number of actual <laughs> dangers that, uh, you know, besides the poor working and other poor working conditions. Oh. But uh, yeah, and look, hey, this isn't the first time Alf, uh, his cult following has prompted him to return to TV. He started mm. in uh, TV Land's short-lived Alf's hit talk show in 2004. I've never seen any of that. Mm. Uh, no. Apparently it was an interview series that had uh, Drew Carey, Brian Cranston, Tom Green, and a bunch of other folks on his guests. And he also made an what? unexpected appearance in a bizarre episode of Mr. Robot, which I've, I haven't watched, but I was told it's a great show. Oh. It's the Rami Malek show, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had to be a fever dream. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, somebody had some bad peyote. <laughs> We've talked about it before. I, I'm a, I was a fan of Alpha as a kid. I was too. I tried to rewatch it recently. It's terrible. <laughs> That's the thing. I was a fan as a kid. Yeah. Exactly. Like I can go yeah. back and watch the $6 million man. I can go back and watch the Incredible Hulk. But some of those shows, they were only good because you were a kid and it was a puppet. Yeah, and yeah. he was chasing cats. <laughs> the slapstickiness and the, the crassness of it just didn't hold up for me, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> I have not revisited Elf. I just have that memory of, oh, mm. he was a, a yeah. family favorite. And <laughs> You may recall we've yeah. also discussed once before that in 2010, outtakes from Elf were unearthed. Reveal oh. the cat eating ET, dropping racial slurs, and making some other terrible <laughs> sexual induendo mm-hmm. toward a young cast member, mm-hmm. courtesy of the puppeteer Paul Fusco. At the time, the show's producer Steve Lamar said, "You're talking about 20 years ago when the world was not so ridiculously PC. Anyone that's offended needs to lighten up already." 
You remember when racial slurs were fine and joking right. about sexual assault with minors was cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Less charitable was co-star John Lamotta, who played uh, their neighbor, who had mm-hmm. nothing to say about the controversy, but still offered this welcome burn. Quote, mm-hmm. I thought the show Alf was a piece of shit. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, on, on another 1980s news per CNN, Madonna is recovering. So you, you mm-hmm. may recall that in January, we chatted about uh, Madonna's announced celebration tour. Well, for, for one, we la- allotted the, uh, applauded even, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that her 40, her, the tour would celebrate her 40 year career. And as a result, mm-hmm. include a set list of her greatest hits. Right. You know, mm-hmm. Which in the past, she was one of those celebrities that seemed to, you know, avoid yep. the... Play the hits. hits. You know. yep. That tour was supposed to kick off July 15th in Vancouver, Canada, but mm-hmm. in June, Madonna's longtime manager announced she was in the ICU after developing a, quote, yeah. serious bacterial infection, end quote. And we got mm. little other information about it, about her health or the tour uh, mm-hmm. since. Uh, that is until July 10th, when mm-hmm. the Grammy winner took to Instagram to announce that she's rescheduling the North American leg of her tour following her recent hospitalization. She wrote, quote, thank you for the for your positive energy, prayers and words of healing and encouragement. I have felt your love, end quote. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently she's recovering now. And because uh, as she goes on to say, she doesn't want to disappoint anyone, including the folks that work on the tour. She's going to be rescheduling it uh, uh, sometime later this year. She also says, quote, my focus mm-hmm. now is my health and getting stronger. And I assure you, I'll be back with you as soon as I can. Mm-hmm. It's a very non-committal statement with very little detail. Yeah, just- yeah. I'll do what I can, when yeah. I can, mm-hmm. hope to see you then, mm-hmm. hang in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a statement following the post, Live Nation confirmed that all the North American dates of the tour have been postponed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saying that folks should hold on to their tickets as they will be valid for the new dates. Yeah, I was imagining that they might keep the same venue as much as possible. And then, yeah, it's just going to be on a different right. date. Yeah, usually so. they're like, well, if you had it for yeah. July 20th, your new date is October 2nd. If you can't go, get a refund. <laughs> if you can't yeah. go, great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I once again, I'm, I'm glad I actually look, I, I hope Madonna's on the road to recovery and she heals mm-hmm. quickly. And uh, even though you, you look, we don't know what happened and that's fine. Um, but it gives me more time to figure out whether I want to see her or not, because mm. I was really struggling with this earlier this year. And I had friends yeah. I had seen mm. just not too long ago before she got sick saying yeah. they had already gotten their tickets because they were so excited. And mm. as big as a fan of Madonna as I am, mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. mentioned this in, in the last few years, she doesn't seem like Madonna to me anymore. And and also, yeah, you don't really yeah. like going to concerts, right? Well, there's that too. <laughs> but I would make exceptions. Oh, so you'll yeah. maybe make an exception for Madonna, but not Duran Duran. Well, in September, I with definitely me. sing along to a lot more Madonna songs. Yeah. Well, if you, if you, you know, start streaming mm-hmm. now. Like everything. <laughs> Start learning. Albums. Start Just, learning all those know. nonsense lyrics now. You'll be ready by the time September yeah, gets yeah, here. Like, <laughs> let's think of the most controversial, strangest lyrics we can from Madonna. Um, <laughs> like a virgin touch for the very first time. Uh-huh. Compare that to uh, I smell like I sound. <laughs> My mouth is alive with juices like wine. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's much um, <laughs> more... Um, Romantic? I don't know. Yeah, hey. <laughs> sure. Juicy mouths get me going. <laughs> Vis- viscerally. Yeah. Will, Will, stop thinking about juices. Relax I'm your sorry. testicles. <laughs> but your mouth, doctor, it's so juicy. Can you just... Oh. 
Can you suck on a cotton ball or a gauze or something? <laughs> My mouth is alive with jelly like wine. <laughs> <laughs> jelly? It's, it's medicinal jelly, don't worry. Medicinal jelly like wine. <laughs> hey, another 1980s news. Uh, as reported yes. by Variety, Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop's humor was developed on set. So Martin Brest, who, developed, uh, who, d- who directed the film, and mm-hmm. uh, a number of other films, including Midnight Run, Sent of a Woman, uh, he's notoriously reclusive, but uh, he did uh, speak to Variety in a rare interview. Mm-hmm. Throughout their lengthy discussion, Brest touches upon many of his most well-known works, including 1984's runaway hit Beverly Hills Cop, one of the films that mm-hmm. makes 1984 the greatest year in movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. And as we've discussed before, Sylvester Stallone in Not Murphy was originally attached to star and also write the film. Weird. Wow. Yep. Somewhere there's a parallel universe where that happened, and I don't like it. <laughs> But uh, when Stallone turned in a script that was much darker than the studio mm-hmm. wanted, they parted ways. But Stallone's mm-hmm. script, again, as we mentioned before, became Cobra. Yes. Anyway, when asked how difficult it was to find the balance between the anarchic, is that how you would say it? Anarchic. Anar- anar- anarchy. Anar- I'm reading the words from Sure. Anarch- yeah, yeah, yeah. Anarchic energy of Murphy sure. and the yeah. grounded, violent world around his character, Brest said, quote, Beverly Hills Cop was not written as a comedy. So everything you see in the movie that's funny was in the process of making the movie. Fascinating. Of course, it is a comedy. But the first time I heard somebody say it, I was shocked because I approached the dramatic moments and the comedic moments the same, which is looking for a certain truth that's appropriate to the intention, end quote. Okay. And that's, look when you do it that way, right, that's what elevates the comedy too and makes a film like that so special and good. Mm -hmm. Probably so. Like everything's treated sincerely. So yes. even when he mm-hmm. goes in yeah. there with the, you know, the, 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 uh, uh he goes in to tell, uh, uh Maitland that he's got the herpes simplex 11 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy and over the top, but I don't know. <laughs> it, it otherwise feels grounded because of that kind of approach, I think. Right. And maybe they're not trying too hard to be funny. Yeah. It can happen more naturally. Yeah. 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 And a different approach gives you like Ace Ventura pet detective right. where everything is taken a slapstick yes. and over the top and, and there is no groundedness, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, and as an, an example of this, uh, Brest points to a scene that resulted from an improvisation future cast members Judge Reinhold and John Ashton uh, did during the audition process. Ah. Uh, Brest said that during casting, Judge said that thing about red meat. Wow. You know, it says here that by the time the average American is 50, he's got five pounds of undigested red meat in his bowels. Why are you telling me this? What makes you think I have any interest in that at all? Well, you eat a lot of red meat. <laughs> this is something we believe in the 80s. That can't possibly be true, right? You can't, I know that people talk about, you get a colonoscopy to get all that undigested meat out of your... I mean, how would you, you'd have to feel it, right? If you had like... <laughs> there might be some jelly down in there, but I don't think there's any red meat I left. mean, the colon... Yeah. <laughs> get the jelly out. <laughs> That's the colonoscopy. Wait. <laughs> but I hope the jelly part of our earlier discussions makes the show or that's going to sound really oh, weird. Now I'm cutting it. Now I'm definitely cutting it. It's like, why? All right. Petroleum jelly? No. Or what does she yeah. mean? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that's good, John. Let's do that. We're going to react to Kat like she's just nuts. Yeah, Kat, what are you talking about? Okay. Jelly in the cold? Jelly? What are you? That's disgusting. How does one get jelly in there? And now, where is the jar in this scenario? <laughs> Hmm. How many ounces of a jar? <laughs> All right, here we go. And see. Tom and Jerry. Um, anyway, back to this. So he said that during the audition process, they, Judge Reinhold just improvised this comment about red meat. Um, and at that moment, I already knew I was going to cast them and I wrote it down. When he, 
we showed up to shoot that scene. I gave it to to judge and he didn't recognize it. That's an example of just how anything that anybody says that has value gets grabbed and filed into its proper slot. Hmm. As we also discussed earlier this year, the fourth uh, film in the franchise, Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley, mm-hmm. at least that's what it's being, right. has been called for some time now, is mm-hmm. on the way. Now, the, the film wrapped, uh, you know, already. And Netflix has been expected to release it next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this website, World of Real, again, t- and take this with a Doomcock size uh, of salt. <laughs> World of Real suggests that the streamer may release it sooner in light of the WGA uh, SAG after strike. Oh, mm-hmm. their hypothesis is yeah. that the streamer may run out of content before the before they mm. lose patience. Yeah. with the artists and yeah. you know they'll just be putting anything that's done and in the can ready out yeah. there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's a big fear, and that's something that's it's really colored my perception of anything that's hitting the theater these days or hitting television these days. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, mm. so we know when this was done before. It kind of pulls back the curtain on if something comes out next year. You're like, wait a minute. How long you been sitting on this? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. it's uh-huh. because you're clearly going to run out of stuff eventually, mm-hmm. but there's that stuff. Like what about movies that they, they're almost done and they're like, nah, we're not going to do it. They're going to pull those out of the bin and go, right. all right, how close to finished was it? We're starving for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know it was garbage, but you know, huh. yeah. we may get to see that Batgirl film eventually. Oh, wow. That's a, I hope you're right. <laughs> <laughs> World of Real also indicates that, Netflix could release it confidently because according to World of Real, they've been hearing that the sequel has been testing well with hmm. some uh, audience members comparing it to the first film. Promising. Well, the, the Coming to America sequel, I mean, not that they're the same film in any way, but it's another Eddie Murphy vehicle mm-hmm. followed up years later. Mm-hmm. That did pretty doggone well. I think they treated that well. I think it was well received. And so mm-hmm. it, I, it's interesting that Eddie Murphy is one of those people has almost... He, he fell off the radar for a while and didn't do yeah. anything. And yeah. now he's back revisiting all of his old franchises yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. And, and when he did come back, he's been doing dramas. So he, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. staying away from comedy for the longest time. Yeah. Right. Hey, I, I hope it's good. I, I like the first two films. As I told you before, Kat, don't ever watch the third one. I do remember you saying that. I was thinking that in my head. <laughs> yeah. It is a fever, is a fever dream. <laughs> uh, per, also per Variety and, all, and finally in, in 1980s news He-Man is dead at Netflix at uh, least. speaking of the, the streamer it, look it's been a long journey uh, through eternity, eternity to get He-Man and his friends to the live action screen mm-hmm. going back as far as 2007 uh, but after two studios including Warner Brothers and Sony Pictures and countless writers like uh, John M. Chu and McGee uh, Masters of the Universe is officially it seems dead at Netflix wow uh, Insiders Ooh. say that uh, they spent close to $30 million already mm-hmm. uh, on developing this uh, Mattel toy into a film. Uh, it's been shelled out to, including money that's been shelled out to hold the talent. Wow. Um, which mm-hmm. included Kyle Allen, uh, who I'm not familiar with, and uh, the directing duo of Adam and Aaron Nee, who directed The Lost City, that Sandra Bullock film, which I really yeah. enjoyed that film a lot. That was... Exceeded my expectations. It was the kind of like the, was that like the romancing, the stony kind of thing? And uh, yes. who's in that? Channing Tatum yes, or somebody yeah. was the heartthrob. Or mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was way better than I thought it would be. But you're yeah. right. It's clearly a riff mm-hmm. on the romancing the stone. Yeah. I loved but, uh, romancing the stones. So I'll have to check this out. The only thing I thought when I saw they said that He-Man was dead was, has anyone checked in with Prince Adam? Because I know they were close. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. oh, no. Oh. I wouldn't want to be the one to tell him, yeah. I don't know. I can't find him. He's nowhere. I've been seeing him in days. No, no. 
if for some reason you don't know, uh, he said on Planet Eternia, Masters of the Universe largely focuses on the conflict between He-Man, who's a blonde muscle god, unlike mm-hmm. uh, not unlike Thor, and his yeah. nemesis Skeletor. And Will. <laughs> and Will? I'm the nemesis? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm a blonde you're a blonde god. muscle oh, god. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's true. For folks who haven't seen us uh, doing anything mm-hmm. on YouTube or Facebook, that's 100% Factual. true. Accurate. Uh, the character, I don't think I sound blonde, though. The characters formed a much love. Hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute, what was that? Did did you just, you'd look better if you smiled yeah. more, me? <laughs> no, I said I don't what sound blonde. What does being blonde, blonde sound like? Yeah, what does that sound like? I don't know. Blonde. I don't know, but like. What is a, what's a guilty person look like, Will? What does a blonde person sound like? <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes and see if I could hear your hair colors. Oh. <laughs> you guys keep talking. Okay, so. <laughs> Cat has a light colored hair, but I can't tell if it's blonde uh-huh. or a different color. John, you mm-hmm. see something. Guess what color my hair is? Oh my gosh. John has a perm and it's very dark and long. Business in the front, Sutherland in the back. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I didn't mean it. I, you're right. I, I didn't mean that joke cut. about blondes being smart or dumb. Or I didn't anything, think you did. I, I was just taking advantage I of really, opportunity. I literally messed it. I don't think it's I sound okay. blonde. Whatever that means to you. <laughs> anyway, the characters of Masters of the Universe formed a, a much-loved 1980s animated series, which had a cross-generational fan base during its syndicated runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest film iteration budget was to be over $200 million, and with cameras set to roll February. Mm-hmm. Last spring, however, Netflix was confronted with a stunning stock drop that saw the powerful streamer shed $50 billion in value. Right. After investors mm-hmm. became concerned about the company's subscriber losses, and they nixed the film. Wow. Uh, the filmmakers had done everything they could to try to make it more palatable to Netflix, including you know, coming with a lower budget of, I think it was $180 million, but Netflix uh, still balked at, the, at that as well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm bummed because mm-hmm. the, lo- the only live action He-Man we ever got was a 1987's Dolph Lundgren film, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. terrible. It's really terrible. Hmm. Um, I never saw it. It's good for what it is. If you know, yeah. you, you know, it's it's like uh, it's like the ET game for Atari. If yeah. you know the limitations behind it, you're like, I'll be damned. They were able to pull that off, mm-hmm. but objectively, not a great movie. I would agree. Yeah. Okay, it just it, the movie felt to me like it it was going to be a big budget film. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts yeah. off uh, an attorney, I think, in Skeletor's castle or something. You're an attorney at first, mm-hmm. and they build these these amazing sets. And then you think they ran out of money and they were like, well, where are we? Uh, let's just film here. <laughs> and they just left the studio and they're on the streets of, I believe the movie takes place in New Jersey. Oh. Or they're on the streets of, you know, New Jersey and let's just do it here. Oh my Yes. God. And then they fell in love with their own idea. <laughs> yes. That is a great idea. So yeah, John, you say if you didn't, I thought you were going to say it, it was a good movie for what it is if you didn't know the cartoon. So if you just okay. saw that and thought, oh, oh this okay. is a cool fantasy yeah. film. Yeah, probably. Okay. Oh yeah. That, that would also help like yeah. that movie more. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> but so that's all we got. But also the, these, uh, these two guys, the knee, knee brothers who did the lost city that I mentioned that were attached to directed. It was, I, I felt like we could trust them uh, because the things they had said regarding the, 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 the cartoon franchise, because they had grown mm-hmm. up with it, uh, uh, including quote, it was, this is something they told variety in uh, 2022. Uh, quote, it was very important to us that with Masters of U- the Universe, we hold on to what it was for us as kids. It wasn't mm-hmm. silly to us or absurd to us. It had a mm-hmm. depth and meaning to it. What mm-hmm. we're going to be able to do with this movie is going to blow people away. Oh, all yeah. right. <laughs> we, we did take it seriously. It wasn't a goof. Yeah. We had the mm-hmm. toys and played while we watched. 
we were motivated to buy more toys during the commercials <laughs> and then watch more show. <laughs> there always was. So I, hmm. He-Man was just a little bit young for me or I was too old for it or how to mm. look at it. But, right. but I definitely saw it peripherally because all of my, all of my friends, little brothers were watching it. And yes. so yes. when I did see it, which was pretty regularly, mm-hmm. there were lessons in it, which was uh-huh. great. But also there was a 10 year old level of gravitas to the story. There were mm-hmm. stakes, there were stakes, but, but they had stakes had bumpers on them. Right. So like sure. bad things could happen, but not super, super bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody's super, super going to die, but maybe they would lose their best friend or they would, something would happen to the castle, right? So there yeah. were always stakes, but you felt you were safe enough to enjoy it, not be scared, but you really, you would kind of go, it was like a nail biter sometimes. Like, oh no, what's going to happen to Prince Adam? Like you would worry because you mm-hmm. felt there was something really behind it. It wasn't just, mm-hmm. just a goof. It wasn't just a cartoon. Yeah, I agree. I saw it peripherally as well. My younger brother mm-hmm. would, uh, sure. would watch it. I don't think I saw it quite as much as you did. Or paid attention to it quite as much. I definitely watched it. It was one of those, I think it was one of those cartoons that came on after school. It was like Mm -hmm. Inspector Gadget. Mm -hmm. Yep. uh, Yep. Ghostbusters. Scooby-Doo would be at that time of day. Mm -hmm. Muppet Babies would be that time of day. Yeah. I didn't have any of the toys. My friend did though. And uh, so Mm -hmm. we'd watch and play over at his house too though. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, and you know, if this gets off the ground, uh, who knows if it will. And if it does, we still have the, it still has the strike to contend with. Um, Yes. But. Exactly. In the very least, it seems like because they've canceled this, they've lost the, the commitments they have to the artists that were attached to, it, including the Knee Brothers, who insiders say have a deal at Universal to develop a new hybrid live action animation film around the Lego franchise that was uh, put in place before the strike. Oh, well. And that was that. All right. Hey, right. Okay, good. Bye. Was that, mm-hmm. was that 1980s yep. news? That was. <laughs> Kat, thanks for asking. That was 1980s news. Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. You know, speaking of uh, turning toys into movies, what a coincidence, right? What? Um, so, oh. yeah, we've got, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about a whole lot of Toys coming to the big screen. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, so I read this article in the New Yorker that talked about, I don't know, Mattel has like, I want to, I want to try to give the realistic number. I have some, some pieces of the article here in front of me, but I don't think I have this. I think they have 43 IPs that they were considering for film and they've got like a dozen wow. right now in development. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I really, I really want to see the list of rejected ones and see if. Wait a minute. That's exactly. Hold on a second. You mean all those were worse than this one you picked? Yes. We'll get there. I know, but oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what we, the three of us, have been talking about uh, whenever we talk about new films is this. You know, it seems like Hollywood has lost its way with regard to predicting what will be a hit. Right. Their expectations. Yep. They haven't modified their expectations following the pandemic. Right. Or they continued the same behavior that they maintained during the pandemic, like streaming things, you know, same day or within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. And so yeah. they're blowing up their own business model and otherwise not being able to understand the business model. Mm-hmm. But so that, that's been the, at least among the three of us and pulling in some other smart folks, uh, our conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But then came Barbie and holy <laughs> yeah. crap. And, and maybe and there's probably lessons to be learned here. Hollywood will 
Hollywood. As we're going to talk about, it's probably taking the wrong ones. Uh, <laughs> what? So overall, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, the, the-, the recovery of the theatrical landscape has been anchored by young men between mm-hmm. ages of 13 and 30, 18 and 35, mm-hmm. who are always had been at least eager to see the next installment of a superhero franchise. Mm-hmm. That's changing. We know the flash didn't do well. Uh, mm-hmm. Black Adam didn't do well. You could probably stick Indiana Jones in there. Oh uh, man. Well, superhero fatigue is a real thing. I mean, there's just, yeah. there's too much. There's just, I mean, and, and not from a get off my lawn kind of way to say it, but it's, <laughs> There's, it's it's not just the films anymore. It's not these great tent poles that there are, you know, one every two years or maybe, you know, one every year or something. Mm-hmm. Now there's tangential stories on streaming that if you didn't see, you won't understand the next movie. Yeah. I feel like I can't go to a Marvel movie because I haven't done my homework. I don't yeah. know who people are. You know, I'm like, well, who's he? Would I have known him if I'd watched the second season of Loki or the first season of yeah. uh, WandaVision? Or I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I it's exhausting. There was a point where I was caught up and then. I, yeah, I, me too. I was like, yep. I think I'm, I'm there. And then I couldn't keep up. Yeah. Yep. But yep. Uh, mm-hmm. the proverbial fanboy who, again, even even their taste seemed to be changing, took a backseat as Barbie sure. uh, came out because it will soon cross the $1 billion uh, box office wow. mark globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh it's only been God. out for a couple of weeks. It's one of the top female fueled films of all time. Uh, not adjusted for inflammation. 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 <laughs> Give me the jelly. <laughs> Rub a little jelly on. Got to beat j- crap cat to it. <laughs> Cat's just ready with the jelly. Someone see something ready so I can see jelly. <laughs> but uh, speaking of learning the long, wrong lessons, maybe uh, Mattel obviously is the the brand behind Barbie and the folks that put together this yeah. deal that landed this film in our screens and uh-huh. you know again ultimately is you know crushing at the box office mm-hmm. with regard to that film well you know okay like let's let, I guess take a step back how did we even get here so per and this is mostly from the article I, got, I read in the New Yorker an Israeli born gentleman uh, named Enan Kreitz mm-hmm. uh, became the head of Mattel in 2018 he was the fourth CEO in four years uh, this is the time where Toys R Us had just gone bankrupt mm. uh, and Kreitz's mm-hmm. predecessor had resigned after Mattel suffered a loss of $300 million. Mm-hmm. Well, among one of the many sort of ways that he looked to transform the brand and start, you know, getting, you know, sort of reaping the rewards of the the various uh, IP that had been in place for decades mm-hmm. was to see them as franchises including in the film sense. He said, quote, my thesis was that we needed to transition from being toy manufacturing company, making items to an IP company, managing franchises, uh, end quote. Mm-hmm. Before Creech took over, there was going to be a Barbie film. You guys might not remember this, but Sony had the deal and it was talked that uh, various folks were going to, they were going to do a sort of a satirical take on Barbie. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Amy Schumer was attached, for example, to play oh, Barbie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. But among uh, one of the many things that Kreitz did was pay uh, Sony to reclaim the rights from them, uh, you know, believing that doing a, a film uh, that uh, didn't respect Barbie in the way that Mattel, you know, had uh, had hoped or intended right. wouldn't be good for, for their brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. So what they did was he assembled a team, including hiring a veteran film uh, producer from Miramax or who had been a veteran of Miramax, Robbie Brenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, to head up the newly minted Mattel films. And, and they sort of looked at it like Marvel did. You know, Marvel would ha- has all these franchises, all these brands, all these heroes from the comics. And so mm-hmm. they developed a writer's room to, 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 to pitch films. And, you know, you know hmm. 
mm-hmm. see what what, what would uh, you know stick, so to speak. <laughs> um, and so what what the Brenner did was her first task was to assemble a team to rummage through, as a, as the New Yorker puts it, Mattel's toy chest, <laughs> okay, and identify IP that could be fodder for Hollywood studios. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Mattel would do was you know f- figure out which IP would be good, and then try to put the right writers, actors, directors, etc., together. That would uh, and and uh, you know to to champion these films. Mm-hmm. Anyway, while while uh, Mattel points to Transformers as a some something to be emulated, they do seem, according to the New Yorker, to have to be mindful of the pitfalls, the possible pitfalls, and, and the lessons learned from these other uh, films and these development okay. uh, development failures, including the fact that what ha- what uh, Mattel's doing rather is they say they're partnering with a range of studios. And enshrining a series of, of timed, quote, development gates in each contract. Mm-hmm. If the creative team that Mattel assembles doesn't deliver and quickly, it can be disbanded, allowing them to move on. So they don't get Ooh. tied down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah. it seems very familiar, to, similar rather to Marvel's sort of model. Yes. You know, and just like you were saying, you know, th- yeah. I think your guess that m- the, the film industry is learning the wrong things from Barbie uh, is it, it's the same lesson that wasn't learned from Transformers with Hasbro, right? It's Yeah. The thing that made the Transformers movie somewhat of a success and clearly a successful franchise has been, is that it has something worth mining. It has a lore. Mm-hmm. It has a story. There's mm-hmm. something you can map and go, oh, Autobots, Autobots, got it. Oh, you know, you can look and find those things, but like, look at mm-hmm. Candyland, look at Battleship, look at Popomatic Trouble. I mean, there's no lore there, <laughs> you know? Oh, that's maybe you're inside great, that. It's kind of it like writes that. itself. It's that in the in that TV shows that sort of you know sci-fi, fantasy, horror, whatever is the dome, and oh. that's where it yeah, is. It's getting right. popped every now and then. Boom. <laughs> Everybody goes flying up. What are we? What's this dome? Yeah, and so that's what I look at this list of Mattel that we're about to get to. As I know, oh. it is like okay, Barbie has not a lore, but at least it is a character you are using verbatim. Like who is Barbie? This is the Barbie we're using, and plus all yes. of her friends. Right, their kins and the Allens of the world are all in there. Oh but yes. Some of these others are just like I. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. With Barbie, there's so it, there's so many options too. Like all the different, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the worlds or <laughs> not worlds, but you know, she had all the all these mm-hmm. different arenas that she all her accessories in. and different yes. kinds of Barbies, and and, and they they, yeah. they riffed off of all that President Barbie and Astronaut Barbie, oh, yeah. like they were all movie, right? Yep. So, oh, spoiler yeah. alert, sorry, but they were all in the movie, so you could see them there. It's yeah. ripe yeah. for for lore, <laughs> which makes me yeah. think yeah. again, and maybe Mattel, you know, they they were uh, the deal was hung up with Netflix, so they couldn't do anything. Maybe now that's released, and so now Mattel, maybe mm. you know, they got it back so they could develop with somebody else. But mm. He Man, that's like you're saying, there's so much mm. lore, so many mm. characters, yeah. vehicles uh, to use. It's it seems like a no brainer, and better than any of these, I think that we're going to mention thousand percent. Yeah. Anyway, all right, here we but go. Is Let's it go really down this. to the budget? It sounds like it's it's it, the, they they couldn't find a uh, yeah. But Netflix didn't want to put with the money. Maybe it's, you know, a matter of... Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Backwards. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they'll take that Barbie money and they'll roll that into the Masters of the Universe movie. We'll see. Mm. Uh, okay. All right. Look, this is really in no particular order. This is the order in which I documented them. And I think there's a couple <laughs> right. on here that I didn't, I didn't mention to you guys, but you'll be able to play along. Okay. All right. So first up here is uh, Barney. Now, this is not <laughs> one that we grew up with. No. Our kids right. grew up with Barney. Yep. And he annoyed the shit out of all of us. And my, my daughter still tells a story about how she had a, this is a nightmare my kid had when, when, when she was little. Oh boy. 
This horrified her then, and she still uh-huh. tells the story, and it sends a chill up her spine and mine as well. This oh is what my. was horrifying about it, because you've seen the TV show, right? You've seen yes. clips of mm-hmm. it or something. Yes. Yep, yep. Dad had a dream with Barney in it, and Barney blinked. <laughs> that was terrifying to her. <laughs> hmm. Barney blinked. Well, that's nothing these days. Barney Animatronics blinked. blink all the time. Yeah, yeah big costume character. The animal blink, never blinks. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so right. Barney, so- It, it has that, yeah. that dead stare. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I mentioned, uh, you know, that, that uh, what Mattel's up to here, and, Mar- and Barney is one of their properties. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I thought this is really interesting because mm-hmm. uh, you would never expect this, but I, but this makes me, gives me some faith in Mattel, maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. According to uh, Kevin McKeon, who's the right hand uh, man to Robbie Brenner, who I mentioned came out, who had exp- she had experience with Miramax and uh, you know producing films prior to Mattel recruiting her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He's most excited about the Barney project which he said would be, quote, surrealistic. He compares mm-hmm. it to mm. the, con- the, the concept of it to the work of Charlie Kaufman and Spike Jones. Oh. Barney's um. going to be blinking. Uh, <laughs> he said, quote, we're leaning into the millennial angst of the property rather than fine-tuning this for kids. Mm. It's really a play for adults. Not that it's R-rated, but it'll focus on some of the trials and tribulations of being 30-something growing up with Barney. Just the level of disenchantment with the generation, end quote. And Barney really was for the millennials. I, I Less yeah. so mm-hmm. less so with That's our right. kids, you know, because I was babysitting as a teenager and that was the show right. that the little ones I was watching were, were into. So who's a millennial? I don't know. Is that um, one right after us? It's, I forget the exact year, but it's like 80, 1983, 84. Mm-hmm. It's right time. after us. The millennial kids yeah. start like in yeah. the early eighties. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. right. Millennials they, are in between us and Gen Z. They came of the age during the millennium, 1999 yes. turning over or whatever. Yeah. Yes, right. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, he said it wasn't going to be R rated, but he told a New Yorker that he sold it to prospective partners as an quote A twenty four type film. What does yep. that mean? It's going to be R rated. The, the 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 super twisted cool horror stuff, Midsummer oh. and yeah. the oh. Black Phone and the Vavitch or the Vavitch. Yeah, right. I think that's fascinating. That's like yeah. the only thing you can do with Barney. I mean, mm, you can't yeah. do the TV show no. unless yeah. unless you do the TV show as being in the movie. And then mm-hmm. the character who is Barney deals with his life outside of being Barney. That's like the only angle worthwhile. Okay. That might be the Charlie Kaufman <laughs> thing about it. Yeah, yeah, there's a documentary called I Love You, You Hate Me that followed, you know, the the, the odd, like, love-hate relationship people had with Barney. Yes. And I think that that's yes. right for a film that was a documentary. It made sense. It was good. And uh-huh. you could explore that about Barney, right? Say, so, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the show exists. But what happens outside of the show? How do they deal with all the, the blowback and the people that mm-hmm. they hate and that kind of thing? See, mm. there's, there's a movie in there. It's just, mm. doesn't have to be A24 surrealist, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I was not otherwise interested in Barney until I read this, you know, and I thought, oh, that could be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still uh, not, they have to sell me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. Magic 8-Ball. I, I'm on board. On board. I don't know what yep, 100%. Why are you on board? Hmm? Why are you on board? Because I loved the Magic 8-Ball. Oh, okay. <laughs> I oh. that was a prized possession. Mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing. So I almost don't care what they do with it. I'm curious to see what yeah. happens. <laughs> okay. I have a pitch, but I want to hear the original pitch first. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Well here's here's what's interesting. Again, this got okay. my attention. Jimmy Warden is gonna be uh uh writing it. He's the screenwriter of Cocaine Bear. <gasps> 
He's okay. devised a horror comedy about the magic gate. Holy crap. I swear <laughs> I have not read this article and my Ooh, pitch is yeah. on, on par. Okay, oh, 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 go ahead. Okay, okay. The, the approach uh, Brenner told New Yorker uh, has been the subject of some debate. Uh, Brenner said, quote, we're not developing, we're not going to make any R-rated movies, although the Magic 8-Ball script walks the line a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, she continued, yep. we're not going to make anything that feels violent or that is alienating to families. We want to okay. stay within the parameters of what Mattel is. Oh, pulling punches. That's too bad. Yeah. Mm. How do you, do you have uh, any, uh, right, does your idea build on that at all, John? Any more details? Uh, so, yeah, so it, mm -hmm. my Magic 8-Ball film would be yeah. a, a cross between a supernatural thriller and, uh -huh. uh, and uh, what was the Jim Carrey film? Lie to me. Lie to me. Well, no, like, no. Liar, it was liar? The, uh, true lie. Liar, liar. Liar, liar. liar. Right. Okay. So something, something's possessed the magic eight ball. And so when you mm -hmm. split it over oh. and you get the answer, yeah. the mm -hmm. answer is now unavoidable. You cannot, oh, okay. there's no way to yeah. get it. That's now predetermined destiny. That mm -hmm. is t deterministic. Okay. So if you're like, oh, is it going to rain today? Even though it's bone dry, they're like, it's looking good. It's definitely right. going to rain <laughs> and it must rain. Like you can do about it. Or like, you know, oh. it's, am I, am I going to go hungry today or whatever? Yeah. And no matter what you do, you can't eat because it says you're going to go hungry. You know, no. I could just see the magic eight ball <laughs> having possessed, having being possessed huh. and taking control over someone's life. The answer must come true. Not the other way around. So wow. a super powerful eight ball. That's right. <laughs> there you go. It's always right. Uh, no matter what. Like a final destiny or something, you know, where it's. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So. Or final, the final but, destination ish kind of. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever those but, are. Right. Right. But. <laughs> because of the eight ball, it might not necessarily be bad. It could be ask me again later or uh -huh. it might be right. Or whatever, right. Something good. Right. Yeah. In that yep. sense, it could be like, yeah, it's more like a, a genie in a bottle where you got to be careful what you mm -hmm. yeah. careful what phrase you it just right. For, right? Or yeah. Ask for, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. The next one here is, um, it won't be that good. <laughs> well, it's, it, it's interesting. And I think I'll get your attention mm. real quick here. Oh. Because the other one that came up in this article is Boglins. Mm. I don't remember Boglins. What are Boglins? Yes. Hello, Gremlins again. Yeah, exactly. Oh. oh, John. John, put him in the writer's room already. So Boglins, cat, oh. to spur your memory, were yeah. those little guys that came in a little cage or plastic <gasps> bars in a cardboard box. Okay. And you could jam your fist up inside of him and really <laughs> warp his face and um. make crazy faces with him because First, he was a puppet. Okay. A puppet Proper amount kind of jelly of is evolved. <laughs> That's right. A generous amount of jelly. That's I was right. trying to figure out how to work in the jelly. <laughs> <laughs> just... Will I'm just there. worried what Will is going to do with a sound bite of me going shove your fist up in him. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a lot of uh, ASMR sounds, you know. Like, oh. It's going to be on the promo. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I didn't have to do anything. Thanks, Sean. You're welcome. <laughs> Happy to help. You're like Sheb Woolley. <laughs> so it turns out that after months of negotiation, Mattel secured the rights uh, to to Boglins, which, as John describes, a set of toy puppets from puppets from the late eighties. Uh, puppets, numerous <laughs> puppets are small puppets. Yes, <laughs> numerous millennial directors and screenwriters had expressed interest in the property. Uh, oh. Andrew Skinnell, the team's resident genre nerd, explained, "Quote: There is a new activation for us." They're these really weird, fleshy monster creatures. I had a bunch of them. They're very mm -hmm. bizarre. They're a little gross. And if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> they're being re-released now. Like you can still buy them new. Oh, really? They were gone for a while and now they're back. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see that being a thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And with regard to what they're going to do with the film, 
they, uh, he continued saying that uh, we're thinking Gremlins-ish, but with a twist. What did I just say? Uh, yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, he said Boglins uh, would be, it would hope, they're hoping it would be a big Halloween movie. They're ripe yep. for hand shoving. <laughs> That's a good one. And, and the toys are already out there, right? So you can, it's yeah. not like you have to, now let's do the marketing. The marketing's already done. Just yeah. make more. So here's another one I'm going to bring up, although I think as children, we didn't play with it, although it was available, actually first developed in the 1980s, and that's American Girl. Which oh, was first, uh, I didn't realize I they went back that far. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Now we've had American Girl films. I know this because I've yes. watched them with my daughter, who's very mm-hmm. much into American huh. Girl. There's been are they ten cartoons, films. or are they no live action. Live act? mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. and okay. they're based on what it is is essentially a live action movie that features the the character that is you know has been uh, put in doll form. So, yeah. uh, for yeah. example, Kit Kittredge is a doll. They have the story where you learn you see an adventure of Kit Kittredge, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. Uh, in fact, the one I mentioned, I think that's the one I mentioned, was was produced by Julia Roberts. So she's been involved in some of the production of these films. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were made for t- television or straight to DVD type things. That's where we saw them. Sure. Uh, they yeah. were on Netflix for a period of time, but they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, show you how out of touch I am. I thought American, what you call American Girl, American, what is it? American, American Girl, Girl doll. Yeah. American Girl. Yeah. I thought, whatever you said, whatever that was, I thought that was a clothing line. I didn't realize that was a toy or a doll. So There are some clothing uh, pieces. Or are there? Yeah, involved because you can get Are they separate outfits. or are they part of the same franchisee deal? Yes, it's part like of the you, you can get matching Oh, outfits like you buy the clothes a doll can wear or something yeah, like that? Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yeah. We're twinsies. Yeah. Mini me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've lived it. I've lived it. Yeah. I know. Oh, in fact, see. Olivia okay. Rodrigo, you know, who we featured in our top 10 uh, list uh, mm. last week, mm-hmm. she starred in, in 2015's American Girl film, Grace Stirs Up Success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. uh, Mattel's partnered with MGM to produce the next film in the series. <laughs> According to the New Yorker regarding this film, McKeon provided uh, updates on various projects, including American Girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Yorker notes that his descriptions often sounded like a Hollywood version of Mad Libs. Oh. Uh, and with regard to this film, <laughs> he said the script would be uh, a combination of the movie Booksmart uh, uh-huh. and Bill and Ted. Mm. Um, I. Wow. The time traveling part, phone the booth? lovable. Oh, yeah, which part? <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> phone booth. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, it unwittingly find success. I, I don't know. I mean, American Girl is very much about. Oh, gathering oh, historical gotta, figures. Oh yes, Jack. That's mm. it. Mm. Oh, and book smart. So they're having to do some kind of homework assignment to do. Yes, Cat nailed it. I'm gonna write that mm. down because Cat will be right. All right. Here we go. Is oh, there anything John oh. said that he'd be wrong about? Yeah, Magic Eight Ball. I just put a note about that. <laughs> It's going to be a little while before. Let me just clarify. You're capturing samples of Kat being right and John Mm -hmm. being wrong? Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I had that straight. All right. Now, here's another one. I'm going to give you two. And and you're going to say, aren't those the same thing? All right, here we go. First up, Matchbox. You can guess the second one now. Oh. Uh, Mattel's Mm. teamed up with Skydance Media Mm -hmm. uh, to produce the first live action Matchbox film. Mm -hmm. It, it, It remains to be seen how... The film will differ from the other product that we're yet to talk about, Hot Wheels. Oh my gosh. How is it not just the Fast and the Furious? Right, I mean, it's right. just, ah. it, it's mm-hmm. car porn. That's all we're looking for, basically. <laughs> One or the other is, yes, or both, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, we, we've, we have it already. Why do you need a, a named franchise? Why is it Hot Wheels of the Furious? You know, why do you have mm-hmm. to, I don't know. <laughs> I'm furious. The, the Fast and the Matchbox. Do this, yeah. Does it say yeah. any more about this? Like, is it supposed to be... Um, mm-hmm. you know, like 
live action or animated or it's the first ever live action matchbox oh you said live action okay yeah. i missed that mm-hmm. uh-huh. and, and new yorker points out to distinguish okay. the two products hot wheels and matchbox they see mm-hmm. that matchbox this, i'm just going to quote them and we could okay. mm-hmm. this. matchbox toys have traditionally had a reputation of being more grounded mm. grounded i guess they're more depict more realistic vehicles and, and yeah. hot, wheels uh, hot wheels has more crazy okay. stuff more fun okay. and crazy okay. yeah over the top Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like they, like there's, there's a line of Hot Wheels about board games. You can get the operation and the clue car and things like oh, that. Nutty okay. stuff that they do. But I'm only on board with one of these if it's mm. like batteries not included and the cars are actual size. They're matchbox size okay. cars. But they're sentient and they're kind of Toy Story alive kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Full size cars. It's just a car movie. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I was looking, I guess yeah. that's kind of what I was looking for. John, like, yeah, a little twist like that, you know, not just mm-hmm. yeah. humans yeah. in their cars. Yeah. Or maybe they can be full size cars very briefly oh. to do some amazing thing, but then they quickly oh. shrink down. You got to get out yes. of it in a hurry or you're going to be crushed Ooh. and Ooh, you know what? The, blood Ooh. and guts fire out the windows because you're getting shrunk. They're big <laughs> and then they transform <laughs> into smaller cars. Yes, Ooh. right. Uh, whereas uh, Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach, uh, who had secured creative autonomy in developing the Barbie script, mm-hmm. tells a film executives are typically present when a movie's plot is, con- is conceived. And with regard to the Matchbox film, which again, is they're working with Skydance. <laughs> in parentheses, but they're usually on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> they're present in the room, yeah. not paying attention. Oh. <laughs> All the way up to the room so everybody can see me. Listen, you little assholes, get your shit together. What you're pitching me doesn't sound like Matchbox, it sounds like Hot Wheels. Or an off brand Matchbox or Hot Wheels, and I wish I knew to make this joke land better. Whatever. Uh, but so, so yeah, so, so Mattel's working with Skydance to develop this film and Skydance by the, by, by the, uh, as a side note, is, is one of the driving forces behind Top Gun Maverick. So it's, you know, they've got their, mm, that's okay, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. uh, but members of Mattel's team took turns commuting to home of the Skydance executive, Don Granger, where five writers camped out for a week with a whiteboard and a collection of matchbox playsets trying to gin up a story. Oh, that's concerning. Uh, and among the folks who would routinely check in on them, there was uh, Robbie Brenner, who I mentioned, who proudly mm-hmm. informed uh, the uh, reporter at the New Yorker that she had inspired the movie's villain. Mm. So, you know how they felt about her visits. <laughs> Did Mattel make micro machines? I'd like to see them incorporated. Sounds in right. Oh. Are they not Tomy? That's just my guess on the top of my I don't head. Remember. That sounds mm-hmm. good too. Not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Those are toy brands. With regard to the <laughs> aforementioned Hot Wheels, first off, according to the NPD group and Mattel's official website, Hot Wheels is the number one selling toy in the world. Wow. Which I would never would have guessed that. Lego. I would have put money on Lego, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, John. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all right. Huh. But it's yeah. going back to January uh, 2019, uh, that uh, it was at first announced that Mattel and Warner Brothers had joined forces to produce a live action Hot Wheels film. And in April of 22, J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot Productions was announced to be producing it. Hmm. Oh, in a 2023 man. video, however, Abrams struggled to describe the new franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, quote, There's cars, see? <laughs> and they're hot. They're hot. Fires involved, I, I, I guess, maybe. Some flames. Abrams said, uh, for a long time, we were talking to Mattel about Hot Wheels, and we couldn't quite figure out the thing that clicked that made it worthy of what Hot Wheels, uh, that title, deserved. Go on, this is, this is when you're writing, a, you, you have a paper due the next day in high school, and you just, yes, yes. it's an oral report. Uh, 
uh, for a long time. Uh, we were talking to Mattel uh, about Hot Wheels, uh, and, uh, and we couldn't, you know, quite figure out what what clicked uh, that made it worthy of uh, Hot Wheels, uh, the title. Uh, and then, and then, and then we came up with something. Uh, emotional and grounded and uh, gritty, end quote. Uh, a script, however, is yet yes. to materialize. It's a wonderful yeah. answer while while saying nothing. He probably just found out we, we, we're doing a, a movie. Well, about what? what? <laughs> Am I involved in that? All right, here's another movie. Tell me, uh, tell me how, how are we going to improve this one? Uh, I can't imagine there's anything to be done. They probably got, they probably nailed it the first draft. Oh. Uno. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something here right off the bat about Uno. It doesn't seem to be that in any conception of this film mm-hmm. that cards are involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could be wrong. But, I could be wrong. But it's a card game. But uh, Right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yes. In fact, <laughs> Uno was created in a Cincinnati barbershop in the 1970s for, mm-hmm. as a way for families to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mattel's owned the game since 1992. Mm-hmm. And in November of uh, 22, New Yorker met with Marcy Kelly, uh, who they describe as a cheerful 38-year-old who has become Mattel's de facto screenwriter and punch-up artist. Mm. It was then that she recalled mm. the moment with, when uh, Kevin McKeon, who we mentioned before, mm-hmm. uh, asked her if she wanted to pitch a script based on the card game. She responded, hell no. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, she said, uh, quote, my reaction was the reaction that everybody has. What? Huh? <laughs> she said that she was given a pitch deck that included a number of uh, uh, little seeds of a ideas for things deck? to work in. Deck. Yeah, that's a ah nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Cat. Jelly. Uh little seeds of ideas of things to work into a movie, including a meme of Beyonce holding Uno cards. Oh. The mandate, inexplicably, was that it had to be a heist movie. Oh. Okay, that a could heist be fun. movie. I yeah. don't know how, but that could be fun. A heist I like a heist, heist movies. movie. Yeah. So what what she did was, mm. Kelly, uh she, the script she emerged with wasn't quite what Mattel was looking for. She oh. set Uno in Atlanta's hip hop scene. Oh. Uh, and in fact, in February of 2021, Variety reported that Lil Yachty was working on the script. Oh, Lil something. <laughs> Lil Foden in is back to work. <laughs> we know how he rhymes, <laughs> how he raps. That's what, that's what Lil, Lil Yachty said. Draw four. Bitches. Well, Yahtzee. Kel- Kelly said the first draft that I sent in was fuck heavy. <laughs> uh, okay. I That's a great realized, term. I just realized we don't know if she means the language or the act. Which way? <laughs> Either one. It's not the direction I thought a Uno film yeah. would take. I, yeah. mm, I cut to the Mattel executives. <laughs> Why yeah. is it a porn? Let's go back to the origin. Oh, you, all you said was it had to include a heist. Let's include the, yeah, what about the lore from Uno? Are you kidding me? A way for oh. families to spend hey, time together. I gotta tell you right now, Mattel executives, doing one of those fuck scenes. Someone plays a reverse card. <laughs> Hello. Oh, I got skipped again. Oh, I got a wild card. Oh, wild. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a pitch. I have, I have a pitch that's yep, not yep. fuck heavy. It's not at all. Then I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> don't waste my time with it. Cats out. <laughs> all right. Four roommates are okay. in any is Friday night and they all have yeah. huge plans for the evening, mm. but oh, they, wow. they're somehow trapped in their apartment, Ooh. but there's a million dollar prize for Ooh. whomever 
whomever can successfully go out first. Oh, huh. you know, like out Uno first. You go like out in first. Uno. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I thought they were playing first. Uno. Wait, what are they doing? No, no, no. They're trying to escape. It's Friday the night. They're trying to go out. They're trying uh-huh. to go out of their apartment. Yes. Like going out of course. What's keeping them from getting out? What's 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 keeping them in the apartment is someone mm-hmm. asked the magic eight ball. Will these guys ever get out of their apartment? Ah. Outlook not good. Synergy. I think yep. yes. Meld. Oh my Meld god! It's together. the Mar- it's it's the Mattel Cinematic Universe. Barbie's involved. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. my god! You know they're gonna do that. And oh. the Hot Wheels come racing. Mm. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Barbie will be racing a Hot Wheel right through that yeah. here set. Oh. Yep. There we go. Nice. Uh, with regard to Kelly's uh, script, she said an executive flagged every instance of the obscenity in the screenplay. <laughs> it was something like 50 pages, she said. And then the next draft had one. I got my one well-placed PG-13 fuck. Oh mm-hmm. yep. Again, the word. <laughs> yes. But uh, shortly after the New Yorker Maybe. interviewed her, the Uno script was set aside and a one-day writer's room took another run at the concept. Okay. A heist, Mattel reasoned, might not be the way forward after all. Well, whatever you pick, the mm-hmm. sequel writes itself because there's another card game called Dose. You can just follow it up and do that. That's Dose. right. There's a Dose. It's already, the sequel is loaded. It's ready. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is another one here. Look, I never, I, I'm familiar with this product. It it's, it's predates sort of my toy experience in, in, in mm. my youth. Mm-hmm. Big Jim. Y'all I, remember Big Jim? Nine. Mm. Nope. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I, I don't know if I had big Jim, but I'm aware of big Jim. Yeah. I'm aware mm-hmm. of him. He's a, uh, he's a all around, you know, like if GI Joe wasn't in the military, he's just a general oh outdoorsman, okay. tough guy, kind of right. every man. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So a draft dodger. <laughs> GI Joe was a draft dodger. <laughs> That's amazing. No, yeah. he, he, he has a bad back. Okay. Oh yeah. Shot off his pinky toe. He was exempted. 4F. Yeah. Yeah. Big Jim. (laughs) Big Jim was a line of action Uh, figure toys produced from 1972 through 1986 by Mattel. Uh, And as John pointed out so uh, aptly, it was originally inspired by G.I. Joe. He Mm -hmm. was smaller in size, closer to 10 Mm -hmm. inches than uh, than Joe's 12. Only when it's cold out. (laughs) (laughs) It's shrinkage. (laughs) And each figure included a push button in the back that made the character execute a karate chop action. Throat punch. Uh, and the action figure's <laughs> arms were made of a soft plastic vinyl material and contained a me- mechanism that simulated the bulge of a bicep when the mm-hmm. elbow was bent. Oh my gosh, seriously? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah. In big Jim, that's he why was he swole. The guns. That's right. Well, he needs that throat punch for when Barbie tries to hug him without permission. Yeah. I knew that was coming. At the I dream knew house. something was coming. <laughs> Relating to warding off a hug. No, I will that's not right. slow dance with you. <laughs> Hey, yeah, yeah, look at my muscles. <laughs> Big Jim has a facial expression for slow dance. <laughs> He's not photogenic. <laughs> it's like a different face you can clip on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. The part where you're taking your face on and off is really going to play well on the podcast. Right? I'm going to have to add a sound. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to use your sound from earlier. <laughs> the sound of a face peel. like peeling off your face. Certainly. In uh, 2022, Variety reported that Dan Mazur, a writer on a Borat subsequent movie film, was developing a mm. film based on Big Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know very little else except for that. We know nothing else. 
All right, I got two more for you guys here. All right. I'll give you the one that seems like it lends itself more to a film first. And then in the last mm. one, it seems kind of strange, but I think I have a somewhat of a pitch. Mm. All right. Uh, the, first up here is Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Mm. Love it. Here's I'm all we know. Just, we don't know very much. In 2021, it was ah. announced that Universal was developing a film based on this uh, toy uh, with Vin Diesel's production company, One Race Films. Oh. Vin Diesel himself has been set to star. Family. Vin <laughs> <laughs> Diesel? Yeah. yeah it's testosterone. <laughs> So remember I described your hair earlier? Now you're just completely bald. Okay. <laughs> uh, you're not far off. Look at that. Diesel, Diesel himself had been set to start playing a father who, with his son, forms a, quote, unlikely bond with an advanced war machine. Family. Again, with the family. <laughs> Ryan Engel, who co-wrote Rampage, The Commuter, and Beast, has been working on the script. Wow. You can't just gloss over Rampage. <laughs> uh, uh, all hits. All hits. His only written hit films. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> and finally, and uh, here's, this is intriguing to me. No, wait, wait. Before you leave yeah. Rock'em Sock'em oh. Robots. Okay, hmm. yeah. You're into it? Th so. there, yeah. I, like, I don't have a different pitch. I think it writes itself. You need uh -huh. giant fighting robots. Well, it's very simple. And they, mm -hmm. that's kind of been mm -hmm. done where people yeah. have avatars that fight for them, you know, whether it was, yeah. you know, they were fighting kaiju and they had the giant robots or whatever in the Pacific mm -hmm. Rim films. Like, that kind of thing. Hugh but, Jackman movie. Remember when he had literally a fighting yes, robot? Yeah. He, yeah. And they were like arena, like boxing match kind of robots, that kind of yeah. thing. It's kind of been done before, but yeah, map some rock'em sock'em robots on there. We've proven that that's a mediocre film. So yeah. it can only get better, I hope. Ah. Real Steel is the movie I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. my piece on Rock Maybe. Yeah, I guess though. if you did Sounds like the Hugh Jackman <laughs> and Pacific Rim together, and they have to be huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be fair. Yeah, that'd be into it. Yeah. Uh, final one I wanted to run by you guys that uh, Mattel intends to bring to screen is Viewmaster. I really, really, really need to understand this one. As a Vulture, as a Vulture oh, article great. put it, quote, it's plenty of fun to imagine teams of screenwriters locked away on major studio lots chugging coffee while grappling with how to graft plots onto stuff like Viewmaster, end quote. Uh, there's two Viewmasters <laughs> in my house. I mean, mm -hmm. they're cool, but movie worthy? What's the lore behind Viewmaster? I mean, what's the story you can mine there? I don't, yeah. <laughs> I think this quote I have here oh. will inspire oh, really? a, a film okay. here. I'm ready. I'm ready to be inspired. <laughs> so first off, so the Viewmaster is, a, as you know, it's a stereoscopic toy that it actually debuted in 1939. We were talking about earlier how old they are. 1939. Wow. Did not know that. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, according to Deadline, former MGM Motion Picture Group president Jonathan Glickman described the Viewmaster as this. And this is, I think, where you get the film idea from. Mm -hmm. The first device that allowed families all over the world to escape their reality and take them to places... They never thought they'd go, end quote. Wow. Now he's talking about the toy, but I mean, that's the movie, right? I mean, that's it. It's some kind of device where you put a thing in, oh. you can step uh, into that place maybe and like a travel. Dial of Destiny, the Viewmaster of. Family. <laughs> I want a different family. That, you know, you're right. It kind of writes itself based on that description, but yes, I'm also yes, yes. immediately not on board with what where that leads. Is it like the eight ball where it has magical powers and if you use it, you know, you That's get what transported it sounds like. to whichever That's real what it sounds you're looking like, at. Right? But then everything's a horror movie, you mean like? But yeah. Ooh, it could go in that direction. But the, I would just I would just leap into a 
a Donald Duck cartoon because that's all I ever watched well, on Viewmaster. You know what? So. You, yeah, it's funny you say that because it could be kind of like a Roger Rabbit or uh, what are those Bugs Bunny movies, Looney Tunes, Back in yeah. Engine kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. If Mattel could cut enough deals, yeah. When I was a kid, you're right. I had a Yogi Bear one. I had a I had some Disney ones. Oh no! This this is the this is the central hub. They can leap into the Barbie world. They can leap into the yeah. Hot oh, Wheels there world. You go. Oh there you no! Go. no. Oh no. I cancel the Viewmaster movie. Cancel it. <laughs> I had one that yeah. was like the wonders of the world. Yes, I had that too. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the Taj Mahal. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. I, yes, I think the wonders the of the world stone. actually shipped with a lot of Viewmasters because it was a variety reels. It was a set of varieties. Because mm. everybody, who could be mad at like the seven wonders of the world? Right, you have to, that's interesting, right? right? Nobody's <laughs> like, I don't like Dukes of Hazard or whatever. It's just, it's your world. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Is that, that's the last one, Will? Is, is that all of them? Yes, yeah, last Is one. there a special reason you didn't mention Betsy Wetsy. I, I I didn't think there'd be any appetite for that necessarily among oh, the three of us. Because like there is. There's a film that writes itself. I mean, okay. <laughs> is this movie fuck heavy? Oh, it's gonna, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a juicy mouth. It's a it's a particular interest to a very specific group of people who would enjoy the film. I'm sure. Chatty hmm. Kathy is the one with the potty mouth, probably. Not oh. Betsy Wetsy. Oh, we were talking about two different kinds of. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. Mm, all right. Yeah. If they're in the same film and she Ooh. has a potty mouth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Our show is a certain level of class. Yes. I understand. They refuse right. to go below that level. <laughs> and le- unless there's down. a guest, in which case, straight to the yes. gutter. Right. Then we go. I'll tell, you about, right there. tell you about my vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> So whatever portion of the show was left intact, that or whatever portion of this <laughs> recording was left intact, that was the show. Oh, and our show is brought to you every week, thanks in part to our early adopters like mm-hmm. Rick Parker, Rick. Kathy Burke, and oh, Karen that. Flieger. Yay, Karen. What a delight it was meeting Rick, Rick in person at uh, oh. SFG. That was such a surprise. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. That was that was the best moment. That <laughs> was just mm-hmm. so amazing. Oh and he was so unassuming yeah. and he's, you know, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm well, a like careful cat. You're setting it up because there's lots of other people you've met and oh, Rick oh, was the oh, absolute oh. best. So I guess wait, everyone else wait. is just, okay. oh, and these Equally people. Good. <laughs> everyone is awesome. No, I loved, I loved the surprise. And he was like a ninja. Rick yeah. Parker. He was. was yeah. like he didn't know you. He didn't know you. The other folks you knew you would see, Rick Parker exactly. was a surprise. Right. Okay, fair. Exactly. It yes. was, that. yes, the, my, I had an mm-hmm. brain explosion. And thank you, especially to our Secret of Our Success Level Patreon supporters like Marcus Taylor. Marcus. Tony Great. Great. <laughs> Brandon Greer. Nick Guillory. Mm-hmm. John you. Henderson. Craig Let Coletta. And Brad Bowman. BFF. Also, apologies yeah. to anyone who listened to our episode from <laughs> SFGE where yeah. I apparently couldn't control my volume when I was saying the names of our patrons in the room and I screamed <laughs> names. I'm so sorry. Are you, are you so apologizing sorry. to the people that were in the room? No. To the, well, or, anyone to whose the- ears I might have... Mm. Oh, okay. blown oh, okay. out by my enthusiasm. <laughs> I thought you were going to apologize to Kathy Burke and Karen Flieger again oh. for seeming like you just shit on their support. Because you're like, <laughs> you're like Kathy. You're like wow. Kathy Burke, Karen Flieger. Hey, uh, Rick, <laughs> Kathy and Karen know that I love them, mm-hmm. and 
And yeah, that's it. They know I love them. <laughs> and it was equally delightful to meet Marcus, of course, and Brad. Yes. And spend the weekend with them. Oh my gosh. Games yes. with Marcus all weekend. Uh, shitting all over the 80s band with Brad. <laughs> exposing them for the posers they were. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> and Marcus, when Brad and I said this to Marcus, Marcus was like, I wish you never told me that. <laughs> now I can't stop thinking about it. That's how I felt too. I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop yeah. dancing. But you told me, no, no, I just didn't care. I was just having fun. Yeah. They yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, yes. Brad absolutely. and I were just jealous. Let's face it. We were just jealous. Oh, we That's know. Basically what it comes down to. <laughs> hey, That's thanks, it. guys. Uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, we hope to meet everyone eventually at some one of these events. Uh, but um, yes. if you can't support us the way they do with your money, uh, there's plenty of ways you can support <laughs> us. Uh, make it a comment on Facebook, uh, subs- subscribing on YouTube, or send us an email. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we received a message from Tom Ooh. who writes, uh, just heard your podcast about 1983 hits versus today. Mm. You compared a Morgan, yeah, I don't still know how to pronounce this, Morgan Wallen, Whalen song okay. uh, to Every Breath You Take by the Police. While mm. the police was just okay to me, mm-hmm. Wallen literally garnered his, fa- his fan base the day he was caught saying the N-word on camera. Oh, mm. oh boy. Yikes. So, goodness. Timber. <laughs> So there Party file. I'm glad we didn't pick them for lots of reasons. Yeah. Besides the fact this music was annoying and sucked. Uh, and Mecca of Speed writes on Twitter, I am now, the, with regard to our live, uh, the oh. recording of our, our live, uh, what's it called? Panel, live show? Or a panel, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, about sort it, it was more of a live show than a panel, which I think is, most people, mm-hmm. like, well, Gen X grown-up turns their shows into a panel. But yeah. what we did was we turned our show into a live show yeah. that you could then kind of panel you could, could, could participate a teensy bit, but really it was, yeah. it was a live show. It was seeing, yes. it was seeing how the sausage was made. It was seeing what the live show yes. would look like when yeah. it's not live, which mm-hmm. is, I think, interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yes. And boy, did people participate. My I, only regret in listening back was we didn't have a mic on the audience because you oh could hear the <laughs> yes. questions and the heckling and the laughter. Will, well. I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, I wish we had a mic there, but then it wouldn't have been as spontaneous so I was thinking we should have repeated what they yes. said, you know, something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I loved the audience participation. Yeah, we should have also fun. said, uh, I agree with you about repeating the question. That's mm-hmm. just a professional hiccup. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just completely dropped the ball there. Yeah, yeah. And I blame myself. But no. also we should have repeated when they were laughing. Hey, people are laughing now. People are they laughing. They think I'm funny. <laughs> if you can't hear and you missed it, yes. that was funny. So uproarious laughter. If you're not laughing, it's on you. We don't only think we're funny. Other people thought. I told you, mom. (laughs) Um, But Mecca writes, I am now going to have to get the Atari 50th on a PS5 to take on the quest. Could not make the trip down to SFGE from Wisconsin. Thanks Mm. for recording the true crime. Yeah. That's not the only reason to have that. That's a wonderful software package. It's super. Mm. Yeah, mm. I definitely am interested now. Uh, I got right. my PS5. Just got to get, th- I am not playing Sword Quest, but uh, I'll play, a, you don't have I'll play to, 48, nine it, other games. Yeah, or whatever. Okay. It, it, it is a spectacular package. Plus it is a living document of the history of Atari. And they right. just, that was just one of the many things they did was complete Sword Quest. They did other really cool stuff too. So that's so Very cool. Awesome. Yay. All right. Hey, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. We will talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Mm, Bye-bye.